We joined on the line now by our market analyst Clive Ntozabantu Ramatibela. Good morning. Top of the morning to you, Sakina, and to the rest of the IM Live listeners. And uh, very sad news. Um, and uh, my deepest uh, condolences to uh, Stephen Cassie and his family. Um, I think this is very disastrous, Sakina. Just when Pirates were supposed to be planning to win the uh, premiership next year, uh, this man passes away. It's very, very sad, though. It's very, very sad. It certainly is. But uh, looking at the markets, uh, Asian stocks falling as Chinese trade data showed exports from the world's biggest trading nation dropping in the month of May, Clive. It was very sad to see. I mean, I, I thought that uh, there were some uh, stocks today, in actual fact, which did look very strong. And unfortunately, with the Chinese markets coming out uh, not looking great, uh, those export numbers are declining and showing that there is still problems within the Chinese market. So what we, seen, what we saw then was that the Japanese yen rose, which went up, meaning that it hurt a little bit on the exporting numbers because they prefer it when it's weaker. And so that sort of uh, put a little bit of a dent uh, to the equity market uh, within the Asian market. So about five shares declined for every three that advanced to the MSCI Asia Pacific. If you look at equities, they still look compelling on a relative basis, but you have to pick them very wisely. Chinese exports declined by 4.1% to China, uh, from last year uh, in dollar terms, while imports fell uh, in the last, uh, uh, in the lowest since uh, 2014, uh, as we saw that as well. If you look at uh, what they've put in that charter, if I'm looking at it now, it shows that South Africa as well was hit hard by this. And so, uh, because of the slowness of the demand uh, from the Chinese market, it has hurt us specifically on the commodity side. And then uh, Volkswagen, we haven't spoken about them in quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, now, the Volkswagen AG opened talks with unions on how to try and cut costs without eliminating jobs. And we know this, of course, on the back of the German car maker trying to grapple with rapid uh, technological change, but also the billions in euros uh, that they had to pay for damages in the cheating on the diesel emissions tests. I like how you put it, cheating. <laughs> what was but it? Wasn't it, it cheating? It, it was. It was. It was cheating. Um, but, but here's the challenge for VW, Sakina, is the fact that they have to convince unions that they're not going to cut jobs. And I was listening to the CEO, and he was referring to the fact that uh, if they can come to a solution, they will. But there's no guarantee that jobs won't be lost. And it's going to be a tough one, because uh, up to now, they've spent close to about $10 billion um, to try and rectify this cheating scandal on diesel emissions. So it is a very, very tough one. But negotiations between uh, the employee representatives and management are aimed to be completed by the end of this, uh, this month. And, and the discussions have included something such as training for staff on the new technology that they are going to be introducing. And also, you remember, they spent about $18.4 billion, um, uh, U.S. dollars in terms of restructuring interconnect vehicles and uh, also the self-driving vehicles as well. So the technology is there, but they have to train the staff members on how to actually uh, operate uh, these vehicles and also how the machinery is going to be changed. So all this means that there's going to be more costs to them and they will not be happy, um, this is the unions of course, if VW goes ahead with these technologies and also cuts jobs at the same time. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very difficult situation to be in for a company as much as you want to advance, but also you don't want to sacrifice your staff uh, because obviously these unions will not be happy with that. Mm. And China importing nearly a billion tons of iron ore over the past year. Talk to us about that. I'm looking at the actual graph right now, and this uh, highlights the problem that iron ore prices have had 
um, in the recent uh, uh, in the recent months. So if you look at, for example, nine hundred and nine eighty seven point five billion tons, uh, to be more precise, according to the Chinese uh, customs uh, regulations. Uh, in May, uh, the nation tapped up about eighty six point seven five billion tons uh, from overseas market. About three point four percent of that. Uh, came from South Africa, by the way. Um, and if you look at what has happened, it has declined uh, from previously reaching almost 14.5%, which was produced from South Africa. I'm talking about the iron ore here. And what is striking about this particular result is that the decline in that shows you that there is demand uh, that has been uh, depreciating. Uh, the demand has gone. And so that's why we see uh, these uh, kind of difficult times that the commodity prices have been filling in South Africa. Even some of the listed companies uh, like uh, Yokumba Iron Ore have suffered huge losses because of the demand declining. So um, it is an interesting story. But uh, I think uh, what they're saying here in actual fact in the report is it's showing that it might be that in the second quarter, in the third quarter, we might see those numbers come up again because demand is slowly returning back into China, especially if you look at those export numbers, uh, those input numbers uh, of, of raw material that have slightly increased. So maybe the demand will come back and then uh, those companies on the, on, the, on, the, on the exchange, on the South African local producers of iron ore will also be excited to see that because China does is the largest uh, 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 importer of uh, of our raw materials around the world. So I'm hoping that that will actually pick us up and pick some of those companies that have looked very, very dire in recent months. Mm. And just a quick one from Unati wants to know, uh, is Greece stable now? No, Greece is not stable yet, but they have signed new laws that make them look very, very good. So they, they were happy last week. They, re- they reported back to the Eurozone to say, to say that they have bought the deal with the new arrangements of how they're going to pay back the money. <laughs> um, and so they are happy with those particular regulations, and the EU is also very happy with those. But it's still far away from being stable because we want to see if they will actually keep to these new stringent measures of paying back their debt. Well, that's where we're going to leave it for this morning. Our market analyst, Clive Ntozabantu Ramatibela. AM Live on SAFM.